Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even Ah, uh, hello! Welcome to the first episode of this podcast with Rhea Butcher. <laughs> man, that is such a great... Man, that is a great tune. I just listened to that the other day and was like, God damn, if that ain't a banger. Um, that is Jason Isbell and the 400 unit, if you are not aware. Big thanks to them for letting us use it, because, man, is that a hell of a song. Great intro. I'm, like, fighting off my own tears just trying to record this podcast listening to that song. So big thanks to them. Welcome to the first episode of this World Series Diary that I'm going to be doing for the next uh, four to seven games of the 2017 World Series. Um, Everybody's been... Everybody. Every human being on the planet has been asking me to do a baseball podcast. They've all checked in. Every single human being that exists on this planet has been like, Rhea, when are you going to do a baseball podcast? Well, guess what? The day has finally come. I am doing a a baseball podcast. It has happened. Big thanks to uh, Forever Dog and also Farrell for uh, helping me do this. Big shout out to Brett, my producer, who's basically going to be my co-host, just giggling in the corner. We've done a couple podcasts together and uh, he just laughs at my jokes. So I was like, I got to work with this dude. Anybody that thinks I'm funny? That's who I got to work with. But that's what we got to do in the world. You know, you got to find the people who work well with you. Almost like an infield. Almost like an outfield. Almost like your bullpen. Almost like your starting rotation. So yes, see, I'm already doing it. Um, I've been wanting to talk about baseball for a while because it's something that I love truly, deeply. Um, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast, which is every person on the planet, is really into baseball. I know that it's a universal truth out there. Um, But if you don't like baseball, perhaps you'll listen to this and find something in it that you like. Because there was a big time in my life where I wasn't following any sports. So I understand that sports can be a bit of a turnoff. So what I would like to do with this podcast is get you into it in a way that makes sense for you. In the future, I'd like to talk about all kinds of stuff. But right now, I'm going to talk about the World Series. So let's give a little bit of a look at how we got to this Dodgers-Houston World Series. Which, by the way, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, uh, which is just my at Rhea Butcher, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R, you will see that I attend a lot of baseball games. And in on May 27th, I went to Dodger Stadium to see the Los Angeles Dodgers take on the uh, reigning world champion Chicago Cubs. And I purchased 
you know those little packs of toys that you get that you don't know what what's going to be in there you know it's like a puzzle or whatever sometimes it's a glow in the dark one whatever it's an alien versus predator whatever they had this little package of toys that were these miniature hats look capitalism can sometimes be cute and they're like little tiny baseball hats and you could you know collect all 30 teams and so i bought one because it was five dollars and it was by the checkout and i was already buying socks i might as well throw my money away and the two hats that i got on may 30th or actually excuse me it was may 27th people are already gonna be mad don't tweet at me i already fixed it may 27th (laughs) chicago or uh los angeles won that game five to nothing um I got in that package the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros. And I was like, well, there it is. Because uh, last season, the day after, or no, uh, in 2015, excuse me, the day after the Kansas City Royals won the World Series over the New York Mets, I predicted that next year's World Series would be the Cleveland baseball team and the Chicago Cubs. So once again, I got something just in my lap telling me what the World Series was going to be. Is that a crazy prediction? No. If you've been following baseball at all, absolutely you knew those were going to be the teams. However, still crazy, right? Still wild. Still kind of out there. It's been sitting on my shelf. I've just been waiting for this to happen. So, not a crazy prediction if you've been following the season, but then, you know, everything goes out the window when the postseason comes around because you have the wild card uh I'm not a huge fan of the wild card but at the same time if one of my teams ever won the wild card I'd be like I love the wild card it's the greatest thing ever invented um but I'm I just look hey I'm not like some pure baseball thing whatever I like the American League I think people who look down their nose at the American League are like the same like oh Nash I just prefer National League play that's the same kind of person that's like oh I don't own a television same kind of person. Look, none of us own televisions, but you have a phone, right? You have a phone. You have a phone. You have a computer. You have a TV. Let's be real here. Both versions of baseball are good. <laughs> it's still baseball, right? That's what I thought. So, getting into the postseason, um, let's see. Let's start with the wild card in the American League. Twins and Yankees. I was following the Yankees a bit because I played fantasy baseball this season for the first time. And uh, you know what? I won the damn thing. I won the first season of fantasy baseball that I ever played. Didn't draft well. I made, I think, upwards of 325 acquisitions throughout the season. (laughs) Look, I learned that I might have a gambling problem. Thankfully, this was not actual gambling. So I'm just going to play fantasy baseball, limit my leagues to three and I think I'll, I'll be all right. Um, so I had a ton of Yankees players, so I knew they were a threat, and they were slowly getting their rotation back into back into business because that was like, to me, the Twins starting Santana. Either they were going to win or lose. It was one of those things. You know, like either he's going to have one of those great games or he's going to have one of those not-so-great games. So I was pulling for the Twins because, man, what a turnaround that was to be last in your division last season and then make the wild card the, the, the very next season it's been a pretty tremendous the, I would say the last two seasons of baseball have been some wonderful stories because that's also what I love about baseball is that it's the season is not just like games because there's so many games a story ends up happening even even if you try not to make a story happen um I just coming to my mind from last season Jose Fernandez passing away tragically um 
And then the first game back, Miami playing D. Gordon, hitting from the other side of the plate, then switching over and hitting a leadoff home run, which I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, he had never done. Um, just baseball makes me cry on a regular basis. I can cry at stats. So anyway, so the Yankees beat the Twins to then face Cleveland, um, who is my team by birth. <laughs> and if you can tell by the tone of my voice, there's a lot there. I like to refer to them as Cleveland, and I will likely continue to do that on this podcast. Um, I think, you know, they definitely need to change the name, but I think the the logo needs to go first. Um, you can check my Twitter Twitter feed for all my thoughts on that. They need to get rid of that thing. It was never... A lot of people were like, oh, it's an homage to one of their former players. No, actually, it was not. It was to make fun of one of their former players because he was traded to the Yankees and promptly won the World Series with the Yankees because... Of course he did, and they were mad about it, and so in the newspaper there were these little drawings of this little chief, and then eventually it became one of their logos, and, um, you know, that was like a hundred years ago. I think we can, we drive like cars with airbags and stuff now. We can change the things that we do, and I understand, look, I grew up with it. I do, it I, It almost looks like a stop sign to me. Like, I see it, and I've I've just witnessed it my entire life, so it doesn't stick out to me as something, but being a person that has left and lived and been around other people and realized, oh, this is not, yeah, this is pretty, that's not great. That's not great. Maybe I should listen to other people. <laughs> um, I think you get rid of it and people that want to wear it can keep wearing it. And the people that don't can finally not have to be around it. So Cleveland was heavily the favorite. I think people were really not paying attention to what was going on for Cleveland. Also some, uh, I would say some managerial mistakes Sorry if you're a huge Tito fan. I like him. I think he's a great manager, but man, did he make some some lineup confusion on that. I don't know why you would switch out any of the lineup from your 22 win streak to somebody else for the division series, but uh, the Yandi Diaz, uh, Giovanni Urshela swap, man, I will be confused about that probably forever. I don't understand that one. And now the Trevor Bauer... Uh, game one makes so much more sense knowing that Corey Kluber was pitching through an injury, which I would say was pretty predictable if you paid any attention to his final start of the regular season, which I believe he only went four or five innings. Um, definitely not. There you go. Same thing. Uh, last year, they only had, what, two starting pitchers, essentially? Made it all the way to the World Series. Almost had it. I'm thinking now, finally, people might be paying attention to how good Cleveland actually was with how little they had last season. But we'll see. They really failed this year. I would say as a fan of the team, because I, I, I am, it's very difficult for me to just rip that team out of me because I do like a lot of the players. It is the team of my, because as soon as I try to, I try to leave, I try to leave all season. I pay attention to them out of the corner of my eye. I try to get out of there. And then the postseason rolls around, and I'm like, that is my town. Don't you talk about my town. I get that Cleveland chip on my shoulder. And then they promptly break that chip into a million pieces, and then my heart's broken, and I'm like, see ya. And then the next season comes around, there I am again. So we'll see. So Cleveland loses. The Yankees blow them away, essentially, in a reverse sweep. (sighs) They blow a 2-0 lead (laughs) in a five-game series. I mean, maybe this one was the one that was enough for me to be like, I can't do this anymore. I just, we, hey, we got, 
we got a we got a championship so another 52 years probably be 90 by the time they win something else if if (laughs) if there even is something to win at that point so Cleveland loses. They got to figure out what they're doing. I'm I'm really curious to see. They also just lost their pitching coach, Mitchie Ka- Mitchie Mickey Callaway. He's going to be the the manager of the Mets, which is a great call. He's a great pitching coach, and that team is what 95 percent pitching at this point. Um, so that's a good call. Watch out for the Mets next next season. So the Yankees move on to face Houston, and boy oh boy, was that a series? One to seven. And thankfully, Houston had the home field advantage. Now, it was fun to watch the Yankees, a team that was rebuilding, go as far as they did. I will say I was shocked at how much the broadcast was like, oh my God, the underdog Yankees. What is happening? I don't understand. Everything has been sort of, I I, I firmly believe there was a big uh, period of my life that I didn't regularly follow baseball. And I think it was a... a, a a two-punch sort of a thing, a knockout punch sort of a thing, which was the 1997 World Series, um, which I I pretty much blacked out of my memory, and I didn't realize I had until I watched uh, the wonderful 30 for 30 Believeland by my friend Andy. Why I can't think of his last name is ridiculous. I'm doing this podcast for the first time. So anyway, Andy, sorry. Can't remember your last name. Ridiculous of me. Brett's probably going to look it up for me, and then I'll get it. Billman! Andy Billman. There it is. Andy Billman, my my great pal who came to see me throw out a terrible first pitch at a Cleveland game uh, and then talked me down. And then I also ran into him in game, game two of the World Series last year, which I went to. I forgot to mention that. I went to that. Game one, so great. Game two, not so much. So, I was talking about Houston and the Yankees. Just wild to me, baseball feels as though it has been rebooted. As soon as in 2015, I mean, I knew this, but it's crazy to remember it, that Jake Arietta's ERA for the season was 0.75. <laughs> so it's almost like after 100 years, it all just started over again. It was as though the dead ball era happened again. And people, these pitchers were posting numbers that we hadn't seen since then. Um, and now because they juice the balls, which who gives a shit? It's a TV show. It's a TV show. If you're, if you think the, uh, like purity of sports is still there, like it was when only the people in the audience were watching the game, it's not there. It's, it's entertainment. They're celebrities, they're athletes, but they're celebrities. It's television. That's why they play 90% night games. It's, they, come on. They change the ball every season. So this year, it just happened to benefit the hitters this time. So pitchers had to work around that. Is it more exciting? I don't know. Maybe it was more exciting for you. I don't care. It was, it's been really fun. They blew out the home, home run total by like 1,000 this year. And I think that the Cubs winning restarted the whole thing. And even if that doesn't apply to the actual league, I think the mindset of everyone, no one, ha- young people... And that's including the guys that are playing now because almost all of them are so much younger than me. I was thinking the other day, man, I'm going to be really old when Anthony Rizzo retires. That's weird. (laughs) But those guys on that Cubs team, I can tell you a lot of what I believe in. Look, there's stats. You can look at all those, but it's like John Smoltz throwing out the stats at the beginning of the game. I know everybody loves stats. I believe in them. I really do. It's predictive, obviously. The shift works. That's how Houston beat, beat the Yankees. 
in those last two games. But at the same time, it's completely out the window because you look at those Cubs, did they have the same lifetime experience of the Cubs being the Cubs? No, they didn't. All those guys, there was a little MLB Network promo where they were asking guys what their favorite baseball movie was. 95% of them said Rookie of the Year. And the Cubs win the World Series in that movie. So the concept of the Cubs winning the World Series is just like, oh, they just need like a young guy to to win. That's all they need. So like those guys watch the Red Sox beat their curse. So to them, a curse is nothing, you know, uh, which is why they put the goat on the ring. And I will say, big mistake. As a, as a very superstitious person, don't put that on there. Respect the curse. You broke it. Congrats. But I don't know about that. Don't put the goat on there. Maybe Chris Bryant doesn't roll his ankle. Maybe he doesn't break his pinky. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Also, the loss of uh, David Ross was, like, very apparent to me. That, I think, is a big reason why they didn't go as far as they did last year. Or this year, rather. So, back to Houston and the Yankees. The Yankees shock everybody and take all three games in in New York it wasn't a big shock to me. I think that stadium and the groundswell of support that was slowly building for the Yankees in the in the latter part of the season, and also the huge mistakes made by Joe Girardi that were then backed up by some crazy strike calls uh, in New York's favor in the Cleveland series. Look, Cleveland made a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying they were robbed in any way. They threw the ball into the first base stands. Um, I think that stadium and wherever the Yankees play at home is always going to be a benefit, especially when the visiting team is made up of so many young guys. I think that's a big part of why Giovanni Urshela threw the ball away. It's like he was listening to the crowd. And that can like really get in your head a lot. And I feel like for Houston, it was the same deal. Like young guys definitely proving themselves, definitely having the offense going their way. But I think, you know, it's hard to win there. It's just hard to win there also Houston to me their their glare the the biggest hole for Houston is their bullpen so that's what I'm curious about for the World Series so anyway Houston comes back wins it Justin Verlander has two brilliant performances honestly some of the best pitching I've seen since as much as I hate to admit it the Braves (laughs) I also grew up with a Braves household and recently found out that uh the two people that got me and my mother the most into baseball were her parents, my grandparents, maternal grandparents. I re- recently was uh, uh, alerted to the fact that my grandfather hated Cleveland because they were just a team to beat. So in some ways, I feel kind of released a little bit from my fandom <laughs> because I believe I became a fan of that team because I was a child and they were there and I, I got like a little, you know, the eight by tens of the team. I put that up and Corey Snyder was my favorite dude, I think probably because I wanted to have that same mustache. But I was a big Braves fan, too. They were a lot of fun to watch, obviously. They were one of the best teams in the 90s, obviously. Used to pretend I was Sid Bream. I have a thing for mustaches. I think I'd look great with a mustache, but I don't have one yet. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, that was some... Oh, so just some brilliant pitching there. So now we have Houston in the World Series. So let's switch over to the National League. And I just realized I didn't even write down the, (laughs) the wild card for the National League. Who the hell... Brett, who was the... National League wildcard. Oh, yeah, Arizona. Arizona and Colorado. Now, that is a great matchup. Man, the NL West, huh? What about it? Let's add Portland to the mix. What do you think? It's on the table. Seems 
I'd be into it. I, I'd be into Montreal coming back because I've been to that city twice now. Boy, oh boy, do they like baseball up there. Sad to see a city lose baseball just for whatever, money. I don't know. So I didn't get to watch that series at all. I didn't get to watch the Twins-Yankees. I did get to watch uh, Cleveland and the Yankees, like a bunch of those games, because I was on the road for five weeks. And funny enough, with the exception of Boston, which I'll be in in two weeks, so come check us out in Boston. I'll give you those dates a little bit later in the show. Um, I went to every single postseason team. Oh, yep, except for Denver. I did not go to Colorado. But everywhere else, I went to Phoenix. I went to Houston. I went to... uh, all the other places. <laughs> Chicago came from Los Angeles. I went to all the cities, which was pretty great to see everybody excited. It was really nice to go to Houston. They've been through a lot and, you know, they have a there's a cool old house that's protected. I don't know why, but check that out on Google Images or something. So Arizona beats Colorado, which I did think was going to happen. I feel bad for Colorado. They get so close every year. I got a lot of friends that are big Rockies fans. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you fix it. Ask them to put you in the central? I'm not sure. (laughs) So Arizona wins, and then they play Los Angeles. Los Angeles promptly sweeps them. Again, didn't get to watch any of that because all the games were on while I was on stage. But it was fun to catch up with it. My analysis of it is is pretty much this. The Dodgers won. (laughs) I didn't get to watch any of it. Makes sense to me. My biggest concern for the Dodgers was, number one, stop the skid. Because for a minute there, I was like, man, are they going to do so badly that they're going to fall out of contention? Luckily, they didn't. Um, my read on the situation for that skid was is, unfortunately, <laughs> Adrian Gonzalez coming back. I like Adrian Gonzalez a lot. I'm new to Los Angeles, so I am not gonna act. I'm not gonna go in too hard on any particular player. I know he's like a a huge fan favorite in Los Angeles, and he does a lot for the community. He's very involved. However, I've been going to Dodger games since I moved here, 2013. I moved here in 2012 in the fall, and so then I went to Dodger games in 2013. And I will say I very much fell in love with that stadium. It's beautiful. And then I watched Fernando Mania, and then I was like, oh, now I feel pretty awful about it um pretty bad but (laughs) it's there now so there's a team and they are involved in the community and uh I think that's fantastic they do need to get a little more diversity on their lineup they have one of the whitest lineups over history interesting for the team that did break the color barrier huh funny huh that's funny right weird one of my favorite dudes Andrew Tolls got hurt immediately he was like the African-American player on the lineup So anyway, there's always next season. So that skid started when Dave Roberts wanted to get Aegon back into the lineup because he was back from his first DL stint. And I believe it was 60 days right away because it was a herniated disc, which is a serious injury to be playing through. And I think, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get traded or what, but I feel like it might be time for Adrian. Just because if, if you've been playing your entire career through injuries and you play first base which is an incredibly active position (laughs) you're basically involved in everything all the time um yeah I just can't imagine that you can turn that back over but anyway so back to the skid the perfect game that was the beginning of the skid boy oh boy was that a big mental thing I mean I couldn't I 
I was feeling actual feelings for weeks after that game. And like the fact that Rich Hill could even talk after that game is a, a, a compliment to his character. And I think he's definitely an underrated arm in the rotation. He's one of my wife's favorites. She is yelling at me constantly about how she got me into Rich Hill. And hey, you know what? That's true. I drafted him. I don't know why. He was there. And then he had all of his stupid blister problems, and I was angry. I will admit, I was angry at Rich Hill and his stupid blisters. But he was probably more angry about it than I was. So anyway, we finally, and then Cody Bellinger rolls his ankle, all these things. Like, they had this mojo working. They had a particular mojo working, and then they they changed it, and then they went on the skid. Luckily, they had enough time to get the lineup back to what it was. Started winning again. Started playing well again. Just in time for the postseason, which is exactly the opposite of what Cleveland did. <laughs> they had this super long streak, and they absolutely did peak, but then they switched up the lineup. See, you don't mess with a good thing. If you're rolling, keep rolling. You know what I mean? It's just like Limp Bizkit says. So, then the Dodgers play the Cubs, and they win the first three games. I, I didn't get to watch the first game because, again, I was working. Second game, I was playing my last show in Madison, Wisconsin. Great show. Thanks, Madison. You were wonderful. Loved it. Beautiful town. We go to a restaurant right next door, sit down. They're playing the game upstairs. I think, thank God. I sit down just in time for the Puig walk. And then I catch the Justin Turner home run and no sound because it was a restaurant. So they didn't have the thing on. So that was wonderful. <laughs> I got to see like, I had, I had my own announcing in my own brain of like John Lackey. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't... I, hey, look. I, yes, I'm not a huge Cubs fan. You'll probably figure that out. But also not going to try to rag on any particular teams. And also going to try to keep my uh, love for the team of my city tamped down. Because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm uh, hating on any particular team. I mean, did you hear how I talked about the Yankees? See? That was a bad decision. I'll put it that way. I feel like baseball has changed where you cannot think about the next series unless you are a complete upper hand, which I think is what Dave was Dave Roberts was doing in the very next game or the game after that game, game four. Unless you have a complete upper hand, you have to win the game. You cannot even think about the next game. You have to win the game. The game. I mean, last night, A.J. Hinch was saying that Verla- or Sun- Saturday night, A.J. Hinch was saying that Verlander would be available after pitching 99 pitches. And those were a hard 99 pitches. That was not a soft 99 pitches. That was 34 years of 99 pitches during that game. And A.J. Hinch was saying he would be available. And that was a mental game. That was a mental move to say that, that Verlander would be available. That was a mental, 100%, that that was a chess move. Anyway, putting Lackey in there, I do not understand. And I'm sure a lot of Cubs fans feel the same way. I don't know. Why did you get Wade Davis? Why did you pick him up? Why is he your closer? If you use John Lackey, who gave up 36 home runs, there you go. There's 37. Okay. So they lose in a pretty horrific fashion. And then we come back to Wrigley. Dodgers win that one. Yes. Three. Game three. Cubs come back. Game four. I actually went to a friend's house to watch that game. A friend, hopefully of the show in the future. I'd love to interview him for this show. Mr. Paul F. Tompkins and JD, Janie Haddad Tompkins had us over for a game, and I thought, man, you know, I'm trying not to be as superstitious as I was in my life before. 
I feel like they're going to lose, though, because I'm watching it with other people. And surely enough, they did. However, glad for the Cubs, because or Cubs fans at least, for them to not get swept at Wrigley Field. That would be awful, because it almost happened last year, remember? And that was pretty, pretty sad. But I was happy about it. Anyway, <laughs> I called that Wilson Contreras home run, which is why I'm doing this podcast. Because I can't just keep having these thoughts and be right all the time and not tell anybody else about it. You know what I mean? I have these thoughts in my head. I'm sure everybody listening has the same thing. Like, I don't want to make any World Series predictions, although I have one. We'll see. Maybe I whisper it. Maybe I write it in invisible ink on the podcast. I'll figure out how that works. I don't understand. Technology's not here yet, but maybe I'm inventing it right now. I say Dodgers and six. Anyways, I called the Wilson Contreras home run. I turned to my friend Paul F. Tompkins and I said, watch Wilson Contreras knock one out right here. Guess what he did? First pitch, home run. It's Alex Wood, man. His his velocity has been creeping downwards ever so quickly. You can creep qu- quickly. Whereas uh, Kenta Maeda has been going up. So I think the one thing I didn't look up was the rules on this. Maybe Brett can help me out. Can you change your pitching rotation once you're in the postseason? Or is it set when the postseason starts? Can you swap it out like you can in other series, like how Corey Seager's coming back? I don't know. If you can, I would absolutely 100% put Kenta Maeda in that starting position. I don't think Alex Wood has the same mentality. I told my wife Cameron before we went over to watch the game, I said, watch Alex Wood, and if you see him bobble his head back and forth while he's looking at his glove, he does not have it. And sure enough, he did that in about, in the third inning. He has, like, very telling signs, which is just not something that you can use in the postseason. If, if anyone can judge a weakness, they're going to exploit that weakness, and Wilson Contreras promptly did. So you have that game where the Cubs come battling back and Chicago can breathe a little bit. And I was worried, to be to be honest. I was thinking, huh, they've done it before. And they have almost all the pieces that they used before to do it. But one main glaring missing place person, other than David Ross, is Aroldis Chapman, one of my favorites. He's not my favorite. I do not like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like any... I could have picked up Jose Reyes late in the season to get some points. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Now, sure, there might be a lot of guys playing baseball that are not nice guys. I'm sure that's true. However, I know what Aroldis Chapman did. I know what Jose Reyes did. I just, man, we cleaned up baseball in terms of drugs. Let's clean up baseball and all sports in terms of domestic violence. I think there's a lot that could be done. I think last season, what I was hoping for is Just a press conference where he admits to what he did, that it was wrong. A lot of kids are watching baseball, man. Little girls, little boys watching baseball. The announcers are like, that's behind him now. So what do you think kids think? It's behind you now. You can just do that. Go back to your job after you're, you know, penalized minimally. I mean, Starling Marte tested positive for PEDs. We don't know by how much. Who knows if somebody did drop that into him what if he he could have said yes who knows we don't know we don't know the whole thing he can't play for almost 100 games and he can't play in the postseason it essentially ruins a team's ability to make it to the postseason and yet a domestic abuser (laughs) like at one yeah the charges were dropped but we all know what that actually means 
when you're in a position of of that to you drop you drop it because you don't want to be uh brought out into the public and have to deal with all that and so what he's pitching in the world series he's on the mound in game seven he's pitching in the world series so i just think you know we need to switch that up a little bit so anyway i was thinking oh man the cubs have the momentum they just won that game but it was a one-run game and they were able to keep the pressure on but it is wrigley and I don't know if you've ever watched a game at Wrigley, but holy shit, it has a specific... Like I was saying about the Yankees, I mean, it is loud there. It is loud. I haven't been in a while. I know it's changed a lot. But, uh, it, it you know, it's a whole other player of the game. So then we get to game five, and yeah, not going to happen. Happy for Kershaw, because he finally exercised some of those postseason demons. And a little funny thing, I did retweet it the other day. Early in the season, I tweeted that uh, Clayton Kershaw deserves to pitch in the World Series. Now, that is a very loaded statement, but I do think that. It's like, I mean, hey, I think Mike Trout deserves to play in the World Series for whatever team. I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, the dude is a baseball machine. He is a baseball machine. And you want to see that in the, in the World Series, in the postseason, at least. I would love to see that. What a sad... What are all the things we're missing by not getting to see Mike Trout play in the World Series? We're missing a lot. <laughs> I don't even like the Angels that much. Sorry, Angels fans. So I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw. I tweeted that, and somebody got in my mentions and said, well, he should have played for the Cubs then. And I said, oh, like our oldest Chapman? And then he got real upset. And I said, well, you came in hot. So sometimes you come in hot, you get hot back. But I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw. He's been working his whole career for this. He's been pitching hard his whole career for this. He's got a 10-foot curveball. <laughs> he deserves to p- pitch in the World Series. I'm really happy for him. So they win. They beat the Cubs. So we have a Dodgers-Houston World Series. And I'm happy for Houston, but man, I don't want to have to root against Houston, you know? They've got great fans. You guys have only been there one other time, and that was when you were in the National League. Feels like forever ago. I still can't. Man, it's hard for my brain to do that. It's hard for my... I didn't even get to talk about the Nationals. I think, man, it's not Dusty's fault. I understand you probably got to fire the manager for that, but he's a good manager. I know he made some mistakes, but he's brought teams up. You bring somebody in at a low point, and then you get the team up to the NLDS. I don't know. I think that's... I think you got a front office problem more so than the manager's problem. You're not giving him the resources. You can tell. Not giving him the resources. I don't think the Strasburg thing. I think he was trying to protect his player, who was legitimately sick. Should he have brought up the mold? Probably not. <laughs> not a not not a great interpersonal move. But I'm pals with Sean Doolittle and Aaron Aaron Dolan, who just got hitched, by the way. Mid mid NLDS. Congrats to those two, because they are man, are they the sweetest? They do a lot for their community when they were up in Oakland. And now that they're in D.C., they're starting to settle in, I think. But shout out to those two. Those two are some great, great people. A couple seasons ago, the Oakland Athletics, I believe, were the first team to introduce a Pride Night. And I did throw out the first pitch for Pride Night this season, which was really awesome. And to anybody, I got a lot of shit from some Dodger fans who were mad that I was up at Oakland and throwing out a pitch. Like, come on. First of all, I'm a transplant. There are way too many rivalries in California you guys need to come on. Let's call. I, look, whatever. You have your rivalry. I get it. But like, calm down a little bit, at least on my Instagram. I live here. <laughs> Are
Also, I'm gay before I'm a baseball fan. That's my true belief. I'll happily do any pride for any team. I would throw out a pitch for the Yankees for pride. That's that's saying a lot. I think it's important to show up for LGBT stuff. So anyway, Oakland, I believe, was the first team to have a pride night. A bunch of their uh, season ticket holders were very upset about it. Very upset. Because, yeah, what an awful thing to do. Let a group of people feel welcome somewhere. That's pretty terrible. How gross. <laughs> Being sarcastic, obviously. So what Aaron did is she offered to buy all of their tickets for that game. And she bought a lot of them. She bought the tickets. And then you know what she did? She turned those tickets over to uh, an LGBTQ youth center. And those kids got to come to that game. That is an awesome thing to do. And so I think those two are really amazing. And Sean Doolittle is very active in the in the veteran community, doing a lot of outreach for that. So those are some some great, great folks over there. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to cover other than what I'm going to be doing for the World Series. I'm going to actually be in New York this week filming something that I don't think I can talk about, but it's going to be cool. And I'm actually flying into New York on Tuesday, landing at 8 p.m. Guess what? I'm missing first pitch. Great. Let's hope my flight has live TV. Probably not. Singing about getting an AM FM radio. That's not going to work on a plane. I don't think they have radio 10,000 feet in the air. So as soon as I land, I'm going to have my headphones in, catch up on everything, and then I'm going to get to watch the rest of game one. I'll give you my thoughts then when I land that evening. I'm going to take a... Brett's going to give me a, uh, one of those Zoom recorders. They're pretty cool. Looks like a tricorder. I like it. Makes me feel like I'm on Star Trek, which... watch. Treks in the City, or listen to Treks in the City. I was on an episode. It's a great podcast. Alice Wetterland is my baseball teammate. Play baseball together. She's great. Oh, yeah, you can switch rotation in playoffs. Brett is 90% sure, which in baseball terms is 100%. So I, that's what I would do. I mean, I do think Maeda is a good pen arm to have, but I think Alex Wood would be just as fine. As a, if you need him, if Brandon Morrow is tired, if you need to rest that arm or something, I would put Alex Wood in for an inning of work and let him give up two home runs. You know, whatever. As long as you're winning by three, he can give up two. Just don't let anybody get on base. So anyway, uh, so I'm going to record that and then I'm going to try to give a little recap and thoughts on each game of the World Series. And it's going to be real, uh, you know, fast and dirty on the road in hotel rooms i'm not gonna get to watch game two because i'm gonna be working i'm gonna be on a thing that i can't talk about uh exciting right look out for february it'll be coming out in february um so i'll try to give a recap of that figure out how i can watch it somehow in my hotel room at night or the next day but then i'll be back for the you know for the houston home games and then we'll see we'll see i'm gonna keep you caught up on that it's gonna be fun hopefully i can trying to work on talking to somebody possibly at the MLB. We'll see. We'll see. It might be out there. So anyways, thanks for listening to this first episode. It's going to be, you know, upwards of three episodes <laughs> at minimum four. It might be seven. The MLB will be very excited if it's seven. They'll be very happy about that. Boy, oh boy, were they happy about the prospect of a Yankees-Dodgers series. Man, they were chomping at the bit. 
It was too good to be true, MLB. You cannot have a Cubs winning the World Series one year and then the Yankees versus the Dodgers the next year. That's just too much. It's too much. Houston is a great story. They haven't been... uh, uh, It's a great story. So anyway, I'm looking forward to this World Series just as much as you are. So let's have some fun together. Let's watch this World Series together. And let's take care of each other. See you after game one. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.